It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is February 25th, 2021. My name is Philip Ross, Mike. I'm the expert insight editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can follow me on Twitter at PhilipRR underscore On today's episode of Locked On Magic, the rest of the schedule is out. Now we know what lies ahead for the Orlando Magic. Why this schedule will force the Magic to make a decision once and for all. Plus, the Orlando Magic are a three-point shooting team that is not very good at three-point shooting. Why they can't rise? Why they need to make some changes to make sure they don't rise and fall on their three-point shooting. And of course, we'll preview Thursday's game against the Brooklyn Nets. Big one there. We'll get to all that coming up here in just a moment, but before we do any of that, I do want to remind you to go check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching the every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, this podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the lowdown on the Brooklyn Nets? Check out our friends at Locked On Nets. No matter who your team is, whether it's in the NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, or college too, there is a Locked On podcast for you. Just search your every download podcast for Locked On in the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. At long last, we have the rest of the NBA schedule. The NBA released the second half of the schedule for games beginning on March 11th. Um, going all the way into May, the next three months of Magic Basketball to finish this 2021 season are now officially available for us to peruse. As we said when the first half of the schedule came out, we would know exactly where the Magic stood, stood or where the, exactly where the Magic needed to stand by the midpoint of the season. Because at least on paper, the first half of the schedule looked a lot easier than the second half of the schedule. The Orlando Magic were expecting an extremely, extremely difficult, difficult trip in this second half of the season. And the schedule did not disappoint. The Orlando Magic, according to uh, pretty much every metric uh, or every analysis that's been done of the schedule, either have the toughest or one of the toughest second half schedules in the league. Uh, ESPN, uh, in their initial analysis that was posted on, that was uh, shared on the jump, they had the Magic with the third toughest schedule uh, in the second half of the season by opponent uh, by opponent uh, win percentage. Um, Tankathon, including uh, the final four games of the first half of the season, have the Magic with the toughest schedule by opponent strength by opponent uh, record in the entire league. The Magic, of course, playing the Nets, the Jazz, the Mavericks, and the Hawks to finish out the first half of the season. So very, very tough games coming up here for the Magic. Um, And this all coming after the Magic had essentially the easiest schedule in the league to date. According to ESPN's RPI, the the, uh, Relative Percentage Index, uh, which college basketball used to use, um, according to that metric, 
the Magic are A, one of the worst teams in the league, but B, had one of the easiest schedules to date, if not the easiest schedule to date. This is all to say then that the Magic missed an opportunity. We talked about it throughout the course of the first half of the season, that if the Magic wanted to make the playoffs, if the Magic wanted to be in play, be in the postseason, they needed to be in pole position because they would have to hang on in the second half of the season. Injuries are certainly part of the equation. Um, in fact, I would say that the, the fact that the East is so bad is a big reason why the Magic are still in this race, just two games out of sixth, uh, two games out of fifth, um, if I'm not mistaken. Two games, I'm sorry, they're two games out of the play-in tournament and like three games out of fifth. It's, it's insane how tight this is. So the Magic are not out of the picture by any stretch of imagination. I'm not going to sit here and argue that the Magic should give up on the playoff dreams. But I will sit here and say this. Orlando's got to make their move. Orlando's got to be in better position. Orlando's got to get wins. Because there are decision dates coming. The Magic didn't have to worry about this the last two years. In the last two years, the Magic knew the softest, the easiest parts of their schedule were still to come. In 2019, the Magic had a a long uh, spate of home games. The Magic built the momentum to finish 42-40 and and 7th in the Eastern Conference. Last year, the Magic knew they had a very difficult schedule, especially in December and January, and that really the goal was to survive because they felt and believed that they would be able to bank up wins in March. In fact, right when the season went on hiatus, the Magic were about to enter the softest part of their schedule where I believe they had 8 of 11 games at home and 9 of 11 or 9 of 12 or something like that against teams with losing records, the very teams the Magic feasted on all of last year. The Magic didn't get a chance to have that schedule, but the reason why we all believe the Magic would finish 7th was because of that. The Magic don't have that this year. There's really not a soft part to the schedule. There is a soft-ish part, but it's so far removed. And the fact of the matter is the Magic have a decision date ahead. We all know the March 25th trade deadline is looming. That That is a point where the Magic have to make some very tough calls. That Evan Fournier will be a free agent um, next summer, and the Magic probably aren't going to be able to resign him. It is a point where the Magic will have to assess where they're at as a franchise and what they're trying to accomplish and who they're trying to be and explore possibilities to get closer to that mark. The fact of the matter is the team that the Magic have played this year is not the team that they are. Marco Fultz and Jonathan Isaac, of course, being on the shelf for the entire season with torn ACLs. Um, and of course, Aaron Gordon and Cole Anthony still not back from injury yet. Maybe they'll be back uh, shortly after the All-Star break ends. The Magic certainly have to believe that, yes, if once they get Aaron Gordon and Cole Anthony back and they're playing the way that they're playing now, that they will be a competitive team. And I have no doubt that they can be. And I don't think that the Magic should do any move that essentially gives up on the playoff chase completely. I mean, I think the Magic aren't in the business or aren't thinking of doing a hard reset where they sell off pieces and start completely over. And they're frankly still too good um, to completely fall apart and completely uh, go off the rails. The season has not gone that far off the rails, but it's certainly uh, trending uh, in the wrong direction. But the Magic have to make decisions. And there's always been this battle, it seems, between 
trying to compete for the playoffs and trying to be a competitive team and preparing to reset a little bit. Now, in my estimation, those goals are not in conflict for the most part. There are certainly areas that they are, but they're not in conflict for the most part, and the Magic can and have done both. But eventually one trumpets the other. As I've mentioned, there is a point of pain where it no longer makes sense to try and win games, where it no longer makes sense for that to be your main goal and for development to take over or for something else to take over and guide your team in its decisions. The trade deadline is a very clear point of decision and a point of perhaps a point of pain where the Magic have to make these decisions about what they're going to do. The schedule to start the second half of the season is not easy. The Orlando Magic will travel to the, Miami, to the Miami Heat on March 11th to open the second half of the schedule. I know, Magic Heat to open the, open the schedule. Shocker. And then travel to San Antonio the next night for a very strange back-to-back, one of many strange back-to-backs on this second half of the schedule. In the games leading up to the trade deadline, the March 25th trade deadline, the Magic will play, the Magic play eight games before the trade deadline. Only three are against teams with losing records. Two of them against the Miami Heat, who are playing significantly better. And then one against the New York Knicks, who are also playing pretty well. There are no easy games in this stretch. In fact, they close out with another matchup with the Brooklyn Nets on March 19th, which comes on the back end of a back-to-back where the Magic go to New York to play the Knicks in a very silly, silly back-to-back. I'm sorry about that one. And games against the Boston Celtics, under 500 as well, but in the playoff picture. And Denver and closing at home with the Denver Nuggets and Phoenix Suns on a back-to-back on March 23rd and March 24th. This is obviously very difficult. And those eight games, and really these next 12 games, including the end to the first half of the season, are going to inform the Magic which direction they should go. Orlando built that nice three-game winning streak, and they're playing significantly better. But that's not the whole story. The Magic are still chasing. They're still out of playoff position. And again, these this these next few weeks, and then coming, and then the next couple weeks coming out of the All-Star break, that's your season. That's that's gonna determine whether you're a seller, buyer or seller at the deadline. The magic won't be buyers at the deadline, but whether you're going to be selling and how and what you're willing to accept when you do sell. That's the bottom line. The magic will have to assess their playoff chances. And of course. They'll have to recognize, too, that it does not get easier. Right after that stretch, the Magic go out west to play the Lakers, the Clippers, the Pelicans, the Jazz, and the Nuggets. Very, very tough road trip going out west there um, in late March and early April. Even then, really the only soft spot in the schedule will come in late April. They'll play at Cleveland, They'll play a home-and-home with the Memphis Grizzlies on April 30th and May 1st. Take a quick trip to Detroit to play the Pistons on May 3rd. A home game against the Celtics on May 5th. A road game against the Hornets on May 5th. Sorry, on May uh, 7th. 
and then the home finale against the Minnesota Timberwolves on May 9th. That's about as easy as it gets for the Orlando Magic. They got to wait till April, till late April, early May to get that. But the Magic will also play eight of their final 11 games on the road, including the final four games of the season on the road at Milwaukee, at Atlanta, at Philadelphia, and at Philadelphia to close the season. The Magic used a late schedule to make their push to the playoffs. Really, it would have been the same last year, too. They used a late schedule to, to clinch their spot. They don't have that luxury this year. They don't have that in their back pocket. And that's probably going to make this decision a little bit easier. If the Magic do not close the first half of the season on a win streak, if the Magic do not close the first half of the season and really open the second half of the season on strong footing, the decision is going to be easy. The Magic are going to be selling. And it's clear that that's the way things are trending. We'll talk a little bit about uh, an issue with the Magic's offense that played out in Tuesday's loss to the Detroit Pistons and a little bit more about the Brooklyn Nets coming up here in just a moment. But first, bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Get real-time, updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's completely free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON. Bet online. They're your online sportsbook experts. Don't forget, use that promo code locked on to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, rumors are swirling about how long Albert Pujols has left in baseball. Is he the best player of his generation? Get more of the sports news you need in less time. And the answer to that question with the Locked On Today podcast. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts. The Atlanta Magic's game Tuesday against the Detroit Pistons was obviously a huge disappointment, um, both because it came on a day where the Magic were supposed to be celebrating uh, Nikola Vucevic's second All-Star bid. and uh, It's always better to celebrate those things with a win. It's better to celebrate those um, in, in, a, in a happy locker room. You know, when Nikola Vucevic first made the All-Star team and it was announced, the Magic beat the Indiana Pacers and his teammates mobbed him in the locker room. It's hard to mob someone after struggling, after, after this way the team struggled. Coach Steve Clifford, after the game, said that he had a feeling the Magic were going to come out a bit flat. Um, he felt like they didn't, pre- they didn't uh, prepare well, they weren't focused, focused or in tune with the, the details of the game plan. Uh, during the team shoot-around. It's, it's a line that Clifford's put out there before. 
Um, and he said it happened maybe once before this season. Um, you can take your guess whether it was the Houston game or the Boston or the Boston game, but it, it, it it's happened before where for whatever reason the team just loses focus. Um, at first glance, it, it's a bad loss. Um, like I just said, the Magic are in a position where they've got to get wins, and not and you won't get that game against the Pistons back. Um, and Magic will play the Pistons one more time. They'll go up to Detroit later on in the season, but um, you don't get that game back. Um, a chance against a, a, a team that's struggling, to be frank, um, to get a good win. I get a win that'll help keep you in the playoff race. I mean, despite the Magic's win streak, it still feels like they're losing ground in that playoff chase. But why did the Magic really lose that game? Yes, their defense had some bad moments, but Orlando gave up only 105 points per 100 possessions. It was still a solid defensive effort. The Magic, I think, are still playing some really good defense. I thought their defense was actually pretty fine in that game. Turnovers remain a huge problem. No doubt, some live ball turnovers cost them in that game. Again, again, the game that seemed to have very little margin for error. But the reason that game had that little margin for error is the Magic couldn't shoot the ball. And that happens from time to time with this team. The Magic simply are unable to get shots to go down. Um, I think Terrence Ross, after the game, kind of brushed the game aside and said it was just one of those nights. And every team in the league is going to have one of those nights. A night where they just don't have it. It's a long season. It's a taxing season at that. It's going to happen. It just does. It just is. Um, and that's the truth of it. And the more I thought about that game, the more I dug into the numbers, the more I, I looked into things. I, I think there is, not to say that's an excuse, the Magic need to find ways to win. I think there is something to that. I think there was something to say that that game was not typical of how the Magic play and is not something that the Magic should necessarily be worried about. There's just nights where they don't have it. But that's the problem. Of course, Orlando has three main scorers right now that are carrying pretty much the entire scoring load in Evan Fournier, Terrence Ross, and Nikola Vucevic. And all three happen to have bad games on the same night. It's not going to win that way. But the reality, too, is that the Magic, that the Magic are relying very heavily on three-point shooting to lift their offense. And the Magic are not a three-point shooting team. We all sense this. We all kind of know this. The Magic need three-pointers to win, as every team does in this league, it seems. But that is not the strength of their players. For the season, the Magic are making 35.2% of their threes, which is 23rd in the league. They're not a high-volume three-point shooting team either, 32.8 attempts per game, which is also 23rd in the league. This is not a team that is taking and making a ton of threes. That's not who they are. Yet, making threes is extremely important to what the Magic do. And wins, Orlando shoots 40% from deep on 31.2 attempts per game. And losses, that drops to 32.2% on 33.9 attempts per game. It doesn't feel like a big difference, just two more attempts per game, but it's huge. It suggests that the Magic aren't moving the ball as effectively. It suggests that the Magic are settling for three-pointers and losses. It's, it's suggesting the Magic aren't getting in the paint, the paint touches that Steve Clifford really values. 
In Tuesday's loss to the Detroit Pistons, the Magic shot 14 for 38 from beyond the arc, 36.8%. So not a bad shooting night at all. In fact, I would argue in the first half especially, it was the Magic's three-point shooting that kept them in the game. Magic can get hot and can make threes just like any team in the league, and when they do that, they are tough to beat. But the difference in the game was indeed three-point shooting. In the third quarter, where Orlando scored only 14 points, the Magic went 0 for 10 on three-pointers. Essentially, what is that? A third of the Magic's regular three-point attempts came in that one quarter, and they missed every single one. Who's to say that a made three-pointer in the right moment would have changed that game? That's really how things go. The momentum and confidence of that game completely changed as the air got sucked out of the balloon, but Detroit never really pulled away. It was kind of a air like slowly filtering out of the balloon. It was not speedy. It was not immediate. The Magic did not you know, get blown out or did not lose that game so quickly. However, Orlando did lose that game. And they can look at that three-point shooting as a big reason why. Orlando at least typically does a good job getting open shots. The Magic take 20 to 7.5 three-point field goal attempts per game with the closest defender four or more feet away, according to NBA.com. They make roughly 35.6% of those attempts. This is still among the worst marks in the league for number of, uh, of those attempts per game that they get, but they're not the worst at it. And wins the Magic make 40.8% on 26 wide open or 26 open three-point attempts. Again, the Magic are not necessarily... Mi- Magic are able to get open shots. It's not like they're completely irredeemable from beyond the arc. They are more than capable of getting these shots. And Tuesday's loss, Orlando got 12 of 30 of these shots to go down. So remember, I said they, they took 38 threes. 30 of them were open. Or the closest defender was more than four feet away, which again, makes me believe that it was just a bad shooting night. And this is a bad shooting team. And when they have bad shooting nights, they look really bad. But here's the point. Orlando shouldn't be a team that has to rely so heavily on their three-point shooting to win. That's not how they're built. That's not who they are. The Magic certainly cannot get caught taking quick threes. Um, they can't get caught taking quick shots and and not getting into their offense and not working for open three-pointers. That's how they score. That's how they win. By moving the ball, by working inside out, not by one-pass shoots, which they did plenty of in Tuesday's game. That's a big reason why they lost. Three-point shooting is not their strength. That is a duh statement. Everyone who follows this team knows it. And the Magic need to quit pretending that they are a high-volume three-point shooting team because those are the games that they lose. They need to be smart. They absolutely need to shoot threes. I'm not saying abandon the three-pointer completely but they need to be smarter about it. And since we are talking about the bigger picture and how this Magic team moves forward, yes, they need to put an emphasis on three-point shooting in the offseason, bringing in players, bringing in people that can help on that front.
talk a little bit about the Magic's upcoming game against Brooklyn Nets coming up here in just a moment. But first, we all need to take care of our cars. Certainly, I need to take care of my car. It's overdue for a car wash. Um, I, I think we're past the rainy season. I think I'm good to, to, to drop by and get a car wash somewhere. Um, if, you're, if you're an Orlando car wash listening to this and want to sponsor the podcast, uh, go ahead. You know, we, we definitely talk about cars a lot on here. But if you're someone that takes care of your car, you got to take care of it like it's your baby. And so go to the best place to do so. That's at rockauto.com. It's a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. So quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com the nba playoffs are right around the corner and locked on nba is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama every monday jackson gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league helping to break down the nba playoffs mark your calendars to listen to locked on nba every monday to be up to date Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. February is Black History Month, and the Locked On Podcast Network is honoring the challenges and success of black men and women in sports with a new series called Locked On Presents More Than Me. This week, we have two conversations for you to wrap up the month. First, a discussion on protests in sports across leagues, then tune in for a discussion on the importance of black history in sports, what's been achieved, and the important work left to be done, all in discussion on the Locked On Presents podcast feed. Subscribe on the Radio.com app or wherever you get podcasts to Locked On Presents more than the game. The Atlanta Magic will take on the Brooklyn Nets at 7.30 on Thursday. It's one of those marquee games on the calendar. The Nets uh, with three All-Stars. I think the only team in the NBA with three All-Stars. And all three completely deserving, although Kevin Durant currently out with an injury. He will not play in Thursday's game. The Nets, though, still pretty potent, and they are on a win streak right now. They're making their claim for the top spot in the Eastern Conference, trailing only the Philadelphia 76ers at this point. It may not be long before they catch them. The Magic had played the Nets once before. It was one of the better games the Magic played all season, actually. James Harden's debut game with the Nets way, way back in January. Uh, And the Magic played well again. Nikola Vucevic scored at will. Orlando's offense really kept pace with Brooklyn. It was at a time when the Magic's offense was still trying to figure itself out without uh, Markel Fultz in the lineup. And the Magic, again, the Magic stuck with them. And, of course, the difference in the game was really that beginning of the third quarter, end of the third quarter, when Vucevic was out of the game. Orlando just could not afford to play without Vucevic in this one. And Steve Clifford is going to have to make sure that there's at least one of those key offensive players, Evan Fournier, Terrence Ross, and Nikola Vucevic, in the lineup at all times. And frankly, Orlando is going to need someone to step up in this game. The Brooklyn Nets do not play a ton of defense. Um, They do play hard, and they will get you if you're not executing precisely, but they do not play a ton of defense. You will be able to get shots. You will be able to score against them. 
But the trick is trying to figure out how to slow down this Brooklyn Nets juggernaut offense. And it is a juggernaut offense. Both Kyrie Irving and James Harden are able to score at will, it seems like. They are unstoppable one-on-one. And they're surrounded by shooters. Whether it's Joe Harris, whether it's um, Bruce Brown, who played a really good game against Sacramento Kings the other night. They'll let you in the game, but they also could pull away just like that very, very easily. Um, it's This is going to be a really hard game. Um, the Magic's defense, though, is playing really, really well. Like I said, even in the loss on Tuesday, the Magic's defense did its job. 105 points should be enough to win a game. You're not going to hold this Nets team to 105 points. Um, you might play good defense and still give up 120. That's just the reality of this game. Uh, for the Magic to win this game, they're going to have to be really composed. Um, they can't be rushing. They can't be playing too fast. They can't be trying to score and keep up with the Nets. They've got to play their game, and they've got to execute. If they execute their offense, the points will come. That, that, that will take care of itself. If they play defense really hard, the opportunities to score will come. That will take care of itself. What the Magic have to do is they have to stay composed and calm in this game. That's actually something I thought they really struggled with in Tuesday's game against the Pistons as well. I felt like the Magic, as they were missing shots, started to get frustrated, started to force offense, started to force drives, and that's when they dug themselves a deeper hole. That's when the Pistons really put the clamps on them defensively. The Magic can compete in this game. Um, I think they're, they're playing at a very high level still, and I, I think that they are certainly going to be in a mood to prove that Tuesday's game was a fluke, that they are... Uh, playing uh, playing a whole lot better than they would suggest. And again, the Magic, I think, have the defensive pieces to uh, at least stick around. Um, you know, Michael Carter-Williams is going to get the call on on either Kyrie Irving or James Harden, and he's proven that he can make life hard for elite scores. He did for Stephen Curry. Um, you know, who's going to get the other guy, though? That's, you know, James Ennis is certainly a capable defender. Um, and, 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 you know, Evan Fournier has played some pretty strong defense as well this year. But the Magic have work to do. Um, obviously, they have work to do. Obviously, they have they're they're gonna they're gonna be playing a little bit from behind here. A good start is essential. That's something the Magic did not do Tuesday. It's something the Magic have struggled with, frankly, for a good chunk of the season. They have to have that belief that they can compete from the very start. And if that happens, who knows what can happen? Um, the Nets bench is not particularly strong. Um, their play outside of Harden and our Irving can be a little bit suspect at times too. They're not a great rebounding team. Nikola Vucevic should have another really nice game. You know, Nick Claxton um, is playing for them right now. And I, I, you know, DeAndre Jordan's playing for them right now. They, they're they definitely very weak on the inside, and the Magic are going to have to try and attack the paint a lot uh, with Nikola Vucevic as the key. He could be due for a very big game in this one, and the Magic are going to need a big game from him in order to win. And, of course, Nikola Vucevic trying to, trying to impress all-star captain Kevin Durant, who is a noted fan of Nikola Vucevic. This will be a tough game. Obviously, the Nets are one of the best teams in the league. The Magic could play their best and still very well lose this game because that's how good the Nets are. Orlando's going to have to play focused. They're going to have to play intense. They're going to have to play with purpose all game long. And if they do that, maybe, maybe, maybe they'll come out with the win. Kipoff is at 7.30, but that'll do it for me. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or TuneIn, Himalaya, Google, Spotify, and all the fun places on the podcast or your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr__md. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic. This has been Phil Mike. We'll see you all next time for another episode of Locked on Magic.
Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.